This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available wherever you find podcasts and also available on Patreon if you prefer an ad-free experience. You can also go to Patreon to get this show ad-free as well. But joining me on today's episode to cover the SmackDown that aired on July 8th, 2022 from Fort Worth, Texas. A Texas resident himself, John Carrasco. John, how are you doing, bud? I am doing pretty good, my man, and we're here. You know, it's been a long week. I've been kind of waiting for this, I guess you could say. Of course, every Friday and stuff like that, but yeah, let's break it down. Yes, sir. You can find John on Twitter at Big Speaker. That's B-I-G-G underscore speaker. If you want to go ahead and go shoot him a follow over there. He's trying to build up his following a little bit. So if you're a wrestling fan and you want to talk wrestling, Give some feedback. Obviously, we like to communicate via the mailbag, but you can also communicate with us on Twitter. If you just want to talk directly, like there are a couple things on the show that we might want to get your feedback on. So stay tuned, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But before that, we'll go ahead and get into this, the episode of SmackDown, obviously. But really quickly, Vince McMahon somehow continues to find himself deeper and deeper in a hole of you-know-what uh, we kind of we saw the news that happened or that came out. I guess I should say a little bit earlier today how the the three million dollar hush money was only the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. as to what was underneath the water, and that's all kind of starting to come to the light. And not only that, but the report that he went backstage after the June seventeenth edition of SmackDown, whenever he made that appearance after the first reports were made. And he basically just said, F them, pretty much referring to us as the fans. And this is something that I, you know, kind of talked to you about. I didn't put it on the internet or anything, but I guess I could say now, Vince, fuck you. All right. I didn't say anything. I didn't say any cuss words or anything like that. So we can go ahead and leave that in the show. But anyways, um, yeah, so pretty crazy news just kind of, you know, to start the day off for whatever reason, just because it's a news dump Friday, I guess you could say. We always get the news, it seems like to talk about first oh, yeah. here on oh, the yeah. show. And I like that. You know, I kind of like, I look at it from a perspective, obviously, we're the last leg on the relay. We're closing out the week. Typically, you know, every now and then there's shows on Saturdays and all that good stuff. But for the most part, I do feel like we kind of close out the week the right way, send the listeners into the weekend and let them enjoy their Saturday listening to the SmackDown review. And I do like being that part of the show. But it is interesting getting the news uh, for the most part, you know, news dump, especially if it's something like that. You know, they want to put that, you know, at lunch on Friday, let everybody sit on it on the weekend. Hopefully something happens and we're all talking about something else on Monday. That's typically the goal. But what were your thoughts about the Vince McMahon reports that happened today? Well, it was kind of crazy because I was just thinking, like, this dude has so many different, like, tricks up his sleeves on, you know, getting out of this, I guess you could say. So it's kind of getting to that point that I just want to let it go over my head, you know, and it's 
it's kind of bad that I say that because you know it, it, this is some serious stuff, and oh, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I definitely don't want to say that I condone any of this stuff, but it's just like this man has like so much stake in this. What would you say? Organization, company, business, yeah. company. You know, like e- e- even higher up than that. You know, I guess you could oh, say. Yeah. So there, I don't. I just don't feel as if there's like a punishment that. I mean, of course, legally, you know, but a punishment in the WWE world that can really do anything, you know. So that's yeah, my I, I totally see it. Yeah, and you know, and just even deeper on that is just. I mean, as long as Vince McMahon or just the last name McMahon is involved as far as like the CEO or CEO, COO, whatever it is for the company, like if he does get forced to step down and Stephanie McMahon is the one who kind of steps in, is it really going to feel like Vince is gone, you know? So it kind of almost feels like, I mean, literally even after he's dead and, you know, I'm not wishing death on anybody, not wishing ill will on anybody, but Vince McMahon's a very old man. Nobody has lived forever. Eventually, he is going to pass away. Whenever that happens, I still won't even feel comfortable that he doesn't have his fingerprints on what's going on with the product. I wouldn't be surprised if he's writing things years in advance. You know how rappers sometimes die, and then they have some albums that get dropped later on or whatever. This could very much be like, hey, even after there's years Years after Vince McMahon passes away, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they're still, you know, dishing out some Vince McMahon storylines just that, you know, he had uh, stashed away somewhere. Just a little bit of a thought there, kind of off the rip. You know, I honestly never even thought about that up until this moment, and it kind of just, you know, came out. I wanted to share it with you and the listeners, obviously. Well, I mean, definitely not bad, you know. I like the, like where you're going with and everything. And, of course, like having, I'd say Triple H, man. He, he I think he's, like, going to be... A big name, you know, whenever, you know, that time comes and everything like that. I think he's, like, very well involved with all the background stuff and everything. So that that's my next thought process on, you know, just what you're talking about. All right. Well, other news that happened. We don't really have to get into any, like, I guess, out of the ring news. Mm-hmm. We could just focus on really the last time we talked, we were previewing money in the bank. We predicted some of the things that happened Really quickly here, talk about some of the results as far as the men or as far as the winners. Liv Morgan winning the women's, Austin Theory winning the men's. Thoughts on that? Well, Liv Morgan was definitely a eyebrow raiser. I just did it again right now. You know, it's yeah. crazy. But imagine I mean, if you would have picked her to win. High five. Yeah, air five there. There you go. But I mean, it was freaking crazy. I mean, I I, I didn't expect it. I mean, of course, I saw like so many like, I guess like predictions for her to win on twitter and everything like that and i was kind of just like thinking i was like is this is she really getting this push right here that i'm not seeing you know so i was kind of like i need to pay attention a little bit more i guess you could say because everybody else was picking up on it and i was still kind of seeing like because i had picked becky yeah and that's what i was seeing it going back to you know and of course it's kind (laughs) of excuse me it's kind of misleading but i mean like i said i'm happy for her yeah i think she's gonna do her thing but she is kind of she needs to be broken in. That's, yeah. that, that's that's what I think. I mean, you can tell that she's new. You know, she, she you could tell that being a champion is new for mm-hmm. her. Every now and then she'll forget, like, oh, crap, I better come pick up my belt. She'll hold it up, you know. <laughs> so I even saw her yeah. do it tonight in that segment that we will get you. As far as the other winner, Austin Theory, um, I mean, look, I don't want to go dig up old tweets, but I will once the time comes. I feel like we're kind of inching closer to Austin Theory being – 
or I guess where when I said a long, long time ago, hey, don't be surprised if Austin Theory ends up being the one who dethrones Roman. No, I don't want that to happen. I would honestly think that, especially at this point right now where we stand in July of 2022, is not the thing to do. But Dennis McGinley, I actually remember he asked on Twitter who who's going to be the one to do it. You know, should it be a young guy or whatever? And I remember telling him Austin Theory, you know, and I remember just saying it out like just – Seeing or seeing myself tweeted, I guess is what I should say. I felt like, oh man, that's, that's a little, that feels like a little bit of a hot take, you know. That feels like I could get some pushback on that, and I would have totally understood why. But now here we are, him, you know, winning the money in the bank, and I feel like that's a little bit closer to being a, a reality than maybe it even was back then, you know. And I don't know. It's just one of those things that I didn't expect him to win. Obviously, he wasn't even in the match. He was added to the match before, like right before it started. Um, was there any part of you whenever Adam Pierce came out and he said, we need to add one more guy, just given the video packages that we saw him kind of hinting that he would have liked to return that day. Was there any bit of you that thought it might've been Cody Rhodes that was about to, you know, slide his way in there or was it a furthest thing from your mind? Yeah, that was definitely the farthest thing. Okay. From my mind. Okay. Just yeah. making sure because I mean, it wasn't something that was common, but I did see, you know, it as like a. I guess a theory, no pun intended, <laughs> on Twitter that uh, you know Cody Rhodes would have made sense there. Obviously, if he was healthy, that's not the case. He's going to be out for many, many more months. But whenever it was theory, and you know he came out, I was like, well, he's winning. You know, as soon as it was, as soon as I saw him walk out there, I didn't need to see anything else. I could have you know turned it off right there and just gotten the final results because I would. I, I mean, for whatever reason, I was like, this just feels like. Like, okay, he dropped the title. I, I didn't expect him to drop that U.S. title. I predicted Austin Theory, yeah, Air 5. You predicted Lashley to win. I did. And so, I mean, it just kind of – it does. It makes a little bit of sense now, just later on in the night. Now is oh, okay, that's why he dropped it because moving on to a little bit of a different avenue here, being the Money in the Bank uh, contract holder, now he is definitely a thorn in Roman Reigns' side, as we saw tonight on SmackDown, which we will get to. We just kind of had to touch on – some of the things that happened throughout the week, because, you know, being a show here on Friday, a lot of things happen that we don't get to talk about, obviously, um, until this late in the week. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, man. I'm just going to touch base on the Austin Theory yeah, go ahead. winning and stuff like that. It was I, Okay, right whenever, you know, Adam Pierce announced that there was going to be an extra person coming in, I, yeah, like I said, didn't expect him to come out either. But whenever he did come out, that's whenever I was kind of like, He's about to win this thing. Yeah. You know, I was kind of just like lost interest in it. I mean, it was a great match, everything, you know. One thing I do want to point out or ask, actually, did it look like as if uh, Omos is scared of heights? Honestly, it kind of did. Because he only I think, went I think, up like two to three steps, bro. And, I mean, what was funny is before this match happened, we were kind of talking in the Discord chat, mm -hmm. and casual wrestling fan mentioned that. He said, I want to – I think it would be funny if Omos was scared of heights and he yeah. didn't want to climb up the ladder. And that basically is what happened. You know, he just, he didn't want to climb up. Oops. They kept saying, Omos doesn't need a ladder. He can just reach the briefcase. Well, that was kind of overplayed. You know, yeah. they said that way too many times. I was tired of it by the time the match was over. But I guess Omos kind of took that to heart. And he said, hey, I don't need a ladder. I'm not climbing up one of those things. So we really didn't see him, you know, get to get much more vertical than what he already is just standing there, which is pretty damn tall. Yeah, after I saw him do that, I was just kind of thinking, I, I don't know, man. That just kind of reminds me of some, like, I guess some 
some past events, you know, with some people and stuff like that. And it just doesn't, or it just didn't look right. You know, it was just like, he was definitely like the last person to win on my list after seeing that, you know, but yeah, like seeing, um, let's just Austin theory, man. I, I just don't get it. You know, I kind of want him to go back with the Bobby Lashley type feud. You know, I don't want him to be in this little circle with, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. Who else wants to be in there? You know, yeah. I, I I just don't know. But yeah, you, you mentioned it though, just really quickly. Bobby Lashley, this inter, or this sorry, United States Championship reign feels like it might be a little bit different. Now I don't know if they're just trying to take a page out of Gunther's playbook as far as making that mid card belt feel respectable mm-hmm. and feel credible, putting it on a guy like Bobby Lashley. But just his promo on Monday night. Now, we're not a Monday night Raw show, obviously. Matt has a Monday night Raw review. But from what I saw in that segment on Monday night Raw, whenever he just basically said, hey, nobody on any promotion, not just Monday night Raw, SmackDown, whatever, nobody, not any other company can take this United States championship from me. And it's almost like Bobby Lashley saying, like, all right, enough with the BS. I'm a freak of nature. I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. I'm more athletic than you. I'm probably like 15 years older than you. It is what it is. You're not taking this belt off me. And this is the Bobby Lashley that I want to see going forward. We don't get to talk about him on SmackDown, but you mentioned his name, and I had to kind of get that off because I like what I see from Big Bob, and I think he's got a big big title reign ahead of him with that United States Championship. Yeah, I think he's going to do good. I mean, like I said, I like how, I mean, I want it to go stay in that direction, you know, but. I don't know, man. I I can't really put too much on it. But, yeah, I, I'm definitely happy for him winning that uh, belt. Well, I guess with all that being said, here we are with a 13-minute open. We can go ahead and dive in to the SmackDown review again. <clears throat> Excuse me. This SmackDown aired on July 8th, 2022 from right here in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, which is only about five hours give or take from where this podcast is being recorded right now i actually had no idea that smackdown was going to be in fort worth tonight i did and you did yeah uh, i was actually mentioning Lexi whenever she was going out of town that if she was to you know somehow you know you could possibly be there you know i was like i was totally jealous i yeah. guess you could say oh yeah tino valentino a guy who i've mentioned on this show an independent wrestler here in the texas near i guess the texas state for sure but he wrestles everywhere i've seen him wrestle in kansas i've seen him wrestle in ohio michigan i mean he's been going all around here lately with the cyn the control your narrative which is where braun Strowman and ec3 wrestle uh he's been making his way around the uh independent wrestling circuit he was actually at smackdown tonight he had pretty good seats too so shout out to tino if you're uh if you're a fan of independent wrestlers and you just really like Watching dudes who are pretty damn good inside the ring and have a just an all-around good gimmick. Tino underscore Valentino17 on t- uh, Instagram. If you want to go follow him, check out his work. And also just t- Tino Valentino on Facebook. That's probably where he posts a lot of his stuff, actually. So if you are on Facebook, Tino Valentino, you'll definitely be able to find him. But after you know all that plug, good stuff is out of the way. Shout out. We can go ahead and get into the SmackDown. And it's open the best way you can open a show with Roman Reigns, just in terms of ratings. If you want to get everybody's eyeballs on the TV. Now, typically, I mean, I had fast-forward time, and I really regretted not taking advantage and fast-forwarding that entrance because it was damn near eight minutes. It's what it felt like. It was probably like six or seven to be closer. But, I mean, I know that whenever I did get to the commercial break, 
which was kind of weird. Did you see Austin Theory just kind of standing there at the top of the stage holding mm -hmm. that briefcase and they went to commercial? That was weird. See, if I would have fast-forwarded, I wouldn't have got to see that. Okay, so you fast-forwarded. I didn't. Or you didn't. I did. I said I wished I would have fast-forwarded through Roman Reigns' entrance because I realized that it was about seven or eight minutes that I could have gotten through in like 10 seconds if I would have just fast-forwarded. So what did you think about the like new little graphic? Oh, with, with the, Usos the Usos there? Yeah, I pointed See, that out to Caleb. Yeah, that's dope. Like, that was retired. Right? Yeah, that is dope. It's a, they finally added him a little bit there. I actually need to pay a little bit closer attention to the Roman Reigns because for the longest time, you know, I was doing that. Mm -hmm. If you look at his facial hair, it's the baby face Roman Reigns. That's what it was. They might have, you know, updated it and put the full beard on him. But goatee Roman Reigns, it's well known, well documented. That's baby face Roman Reigns. But anyways... They open the show, and he does. He opens it in a, I guess, in like a, a form of gratitude. It almost seems like he's thankful. You know, he's, he's appreciative to be alive. He mentions that. I'm, I'm happy to be alive. I'm here on my show, SmackDown. Like, I, I really couldn't be any better right now. He points out the Usos being happy after retaining their tag team championships this past weekend at Money in the Bank. But where things kind of take a little bit of a turn here, or at least they shift, the energy shifts, is whenever he points to his uh, special counsel his uh wise man so to speak paul Heyman, and he has a weird look on his face so he tells him to stick his hand out he does it's really shaking you know the camera zooms in he's obviously scared roman reigns puts the microphone in his hand and he basically just says look uh the reason why i'm nervous like this is because we do have a problem on our hands and me I was thinking, are you really like this worried about Austin Theory? That's what I was thinking mm -hmm. in my head because the money in the bank and they did that right before the commercial break. They kind of just showed him there. I was like, are you really shaken because of Austin Theory? Like are, all I've been seeing is memes of the Usos laughing their ass off at the thought of Austin Theory cashing in. You know, they're like, Austin Theory's cashing in his money in the bank. And you'll see like a picture of the Usos just dying laughing. It's just, you know, just taking shots at Theory. So that's kind of just where my head was. And then immediately he was like, Brock Lesnar. And then that's when I was like, oh, I forgot about that. You know, he has a match at SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar. But that still didn't, like, sway the way I feel about the outcome of that. I still mm -hmm. feel like it's going to be Roman Reigns. I mean, it doesn't make sense. We talked about it before we went on air, which, you know, obviously doesn't help the listeners out. But we basically talked about the fact that it just wouldn't make sense for somebody like Brock to be the one to dethrone Roman. It wouldn't have made sense at WrestleMania just because it's four months later or whatever, it doesn't make sense now. So we're not going to, to do that. They're just trying to have a money match at SummerSlam. It makes total sense. But for whatever reason, Paul Heyman's trying to paint the picture that it's different now because of Brock Lesnar having his back up against the wall. And he's basically in like must-win mode. And he references some times in his career when he's been in must-win mode, 2002 versus The Rock, whenever he won his first WWE championship and became the youngest WWE champion of all time. And then uh, WrestleMania 30, The Undertaker's perfect 21-0 WrestleMania streak, and Brock Lesnar snapped it. And, I mean, obviously not a lot of people predicted that was going to happen, but, I mean, he kind of references that, all right, no one expects Ro Brock Lesnar to win and be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns and take the unified universal championship, whatever it's called, off of him. And, I mean... I agree in a sense that Brock Lesnar with his back up against the wall and just the, the urge that WWE has to swerve us, he is a threat right now, more than what maybe I gave him credit for before the show. But still, I, I mean, Paul Heyman, A-plus promo here. Good stuff. Yep. You know, just yep. great work by him. Didn't stumble over a word. His demeanor, body language, everything. Checks all the boxes. That's just something he does on a weekly basis. But 
uh, I just don't feel like it. It made me feel like Brock Lesnar is going to uh, to be the one to do it. And I know that. I mean, that. I mean, ju- just because Brock Lesnar isn't going to be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns doesn't mean we can't have a good program. But we just saw it. That's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. We just saw it leading into WrestleMania when he was Cowboy Brock. That's why it's hard for me to get invested. And I know that, you know, Heyman's doing the best he can, giving these emotional, passionate promos. And he's going to do that, you know, for the next four weeks until we get there, or three weeks, however long it is. But I don't know. Am, am I wrong here? Am I, you know, a little bit too hard on this? Are you into this right here with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar? Because to me, it's just like, you know, getting the same thing for lunch every day, pretty much. Well, I'm going to start with I'm over it, you know. But, I mean, the fact that Brock, he has those, what did you say, like asterisks next to his name saying, you know, that he's done this, he's broke this, you know. There's like that possibility, you know, like how you're saying, okay, maybe this can happen. But long run, I don't think so, you know. Like I I don't see a reason for it, you know. Basically, I, I just a stepping stone, you know, another yeah. another stepping stone. I, I I don't see much for it. And the way Paul Heyman's trying to make it seem, man, I'm just like, brother. I mean, we, we we've done this before. We've seen this. We 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 know what to expect. I guess you could say. So I can't really like get behind the promo. It was great. He did his freaking job. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I just can't see it. Like seeing Austin Theory come out and running around, you know, you know. Even before, you know, like whenever he was just holding it and stuff like yeah. that, I thought that it was gonna like be involved with him, you know, more than the Brock thing. So I don't know. It's it's kind of putting me in a little loop, but I don't think Brock is gonna be the person. Yeah, and that's what that Money in the Bank briefcase does. Mm-hmm. They are just always going to be just that that mosquito that's flying around your head, you know, that fly that you just want to swat. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's more like a you know a, a bumblebee or something like that, or maybe yeah. a wasp is more so the the right analogy to use because you can get stung by a wasp, and you know the money in the bank briefcase is ultimately meant to sting you, you know, eventually, inevitably, whenever. But anyways, like you mentioned, theory does come out, make a little bit of like a lap around just to kind of mock him. We're gonna see a lot more of that going forward until that briefcase is cashed in, and I feel like because they went ahead and cashed in the women so quick. Theory might be sitting on this thing for a while just to just to keep him relevant by default mm-hmm. because McMahon's so high on him. If he has the money in the bank briefcase, it's almost like an automatic storyline. It's almost like a built-in storyline. You know, he doesn't have to always ha- be in a program with somebody else. He doesn't have to necessarily be feuding with somebody else or going for a title, even though he made it <clears throat> excuse me clear that he is going for a rematch for that United States Championship at SummerSlam with Bobby Lashley. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to be in a feud for a title or anything like that because that money in the bank briefcase is going to keep him relevant for as long as he has it because he's a threat. He's technically a number one contender 24-7 mm-hmm. as long as he has that. So it's just one thing that um, that theory does have going for him. Well, I think he's going to have a damn good fall going in to the, I guess, new year. And it's crazy to say it being July, but there really is only one more season left, which is the build from SummerSlam to Survivor Series before we're creeping up on the new year. You know, it's it's pretty damn fast how, or pretty crazy how fast the wrestling year moves by. But anyways, moving on here, we get Jinder and Shanky versus the Viking Raiders. Pretty quick match. Viking Raiders, who are now full on hills, uh, they win and they continue to, 
I guess, attack Jinder Mahal or at least put a little bit of a beating on him until the New Day come out. I don't know if I was just, you know, it was too close to us getting off work or what it was if I was just, you know, not really feeling it at the moment. But for some reason when the New Day came out, they were annoying the hell out of me. I don't know if it was just the repetitive, loud-ass thing that they were saying on the microphone. I don't know what he, I don't even know what it was. All I remember saying was, oh, my gosh, shut up and come out already. You know, like that's kind of like what I was saying. And I was just like, man, I made sure to write it down that they came out in an extremely annoying way. And they have a couple ass-beating tickets. And that, I became, that was funny, though. And I became fans of the Viking Raiders at this moment, at this moment because it turns out those ass-beating tickets were for them. They mm-hmm. were ends up the one to get their ass kicked. So what do you think about this? Well, I mean, the match, crap. You know, I think gender yeah. just needs to, yeah, just needs to freaking loosen up a, a little bit. You know, Shanky was out there trying to get the how crowd. long before gender starts breaking it down with him. What's your count? A few weeks, months. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. Okay, three weeks. Okay, three weeks. He has to get on this train of just you know, not being so serious. I guess. I mean, SummerSlam's right? in Nashville. It's a music city, so why not let the music flow? Like that'll work. That'll work. I mean. But yeah, that, that's how I think. But I mean, Shanky, he was just—he wasn't really even dancing. Really, he was out there like clapping, you know, trying to get the crowd involved. Yeah, just you know, trying to get you some know, baby face things, you know, gender pumped up. Yeah. I guess you could say. So I mean, man, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was just bad for me all. I mean, even like seeing the Viking Raiders, you know, kind of be dominant. You know, I just don't feel as if it's like. That they're winning how they should be winning, yeah. I guess you could say. It's just kind of just like all oh, BS and stuff like that. But New Day, I mean, they're doing their thing. I mean, on you, you on the other hand, you weren't for it. I, I was kind of for this, you know. I was yeah. like, okay. You I know. mean, after the entrance, I was good. Once yeah. they started getting into the promo and talking, it was cool. Oh, but yeah. it was just the obnoxious things. Like, well, they've the, been doing it for so long. It's just like, man, come on. Like The, the only thing that got me was whenever they started doing their little, like, look at my our butts and stuff oh, like yeah. that you know yeah. that, that was yeah, kind of okay was, yeah. let me get some freaking bites of my food real quick and kind of <laughs> get turned away i guess you, can, you know but yeah other than that i thought it was freaking funny and stuff like that and like i said last time bro i, I feel as if they're just the people to keep this all interesting you know yeah. so i mean i think that they're doing what they're supposed to do and Viking Raiders aren't getting what they're supposed to get, I guess yeah. you say. You know, that's what I'm kind of taking out of Yeah, there. and the New Day, they could annoy you to the cows come home, but the thing is, every time they get on the mic, you just you never know when, like, a zinger's going to come. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. I mean, especially, you know, here in Texas, you never know what they're going to say, you know, about us. Like I mentioned on the last show, MVP pointed right at me and said I was ugly as shit. You know what? So I'll take it, you know, yeah. and uh, just, you, know, you never really know. You know, they like to take shots at Texas, so mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I, I take good fun in that whenever it happens. But anyways, moving on here, U.S. Open Challenge. That's what this was advertised as. Basically a glorified contenders match, though, is uh, is what it was supposed to be. Okay, let me stop you right there. Okay, I know you'd be fast-forwarding. So did you happen to see whenever Happy Corbin attacked Pat McAfee? Yeah, last week when they showed the video package? When, uh, after the money yeah, in the bank? Yeah, after the money in the bank, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you, you knew that's why he wasn't there for tonight, right? Or suppose. In kayfabe, yes. Okay, yeah, just wanted to kind of touch on that. Dude, he kind of did his thing on... Like took some bumps or... Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Or, 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 or I'm going to say Happy Corbin in this because he really did his thing. You know, he, uh, Pat McAfee, he took that... I don't even know what it was called, but it was pretty nasty. The end right? of days? 
Was it? When it on the outside oh, of the yeah, ring? Oh, yeah, it was, bro. It was the end of days. Yeah, that was freaking... Yeah, that was nasty. Yeah, end of days. But yeah, my bad to cut you off, but that no, was something you're good. that I had to... I thought I messed up at first or something, because oh, no, no. this, this gets confusing, like I mentioned. Yeah. Because it's... At first, it was a U.S. Open challenge, right? Mm-hmm. And then it eventually turns into basically a glorified contenders match, because it ends up being Shinsuke versus uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And if Shinsuke wins then he might get an opportunity, right? Isn't that it? Like, it's mm-hmm. not even like a, a for sure thing, so it's kind of confusing. But anyways, Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin, is on commentary for this match, and he kind of impersonates Pat McAfee. He tries to, anyway. Another pretty annoying moment, oh, yeah. right? The, you know, the very next segment after the New Day, another thing annoys me here. I was like, oh, dang it, man, come <laughs> on. I just want to enjoy the dang show here, man. But anyways, uh, oh, yeah, man. he uh, impersonates Pat. But we get this match, Shinsuke versus Ludwig. Shinsuke does win with a Kinshasa, but I will say, um, the really quickly after the match, Gunther is pissed, and he forces Ludwig to you know take some sh- some chops to the chest, about three of them or whatever, and that just kind of shows you the type of presence that Gunther has. You know, he um, he'll make another grown man. Who has a presence himself, you know, Ludwig mm-hmm. isn't nothing to sneeze at in the ring and just his promo and all that good stuff. He does look like he can definitely handle his own as well. And for him to just basically cower down and just be the punk, you know what, for uh, for Gunther was a little bit crazy to see. But this match really was, I mean, this segment really was even about the match. You know, Shinsuke wins. Now we know, okay, cool. At the end of the match, we kind of see the dynamic unfold between Gunther and Ludwig how it is a little bit of like all right you're gonna embarrass me I'm gonna embarrass you after the match mm-hmm. but it was really about the commentary it was really about Corbin and what he was saying about Pat McAfee even Cole was taking shots did you hear any of the things he was saying when he was like uh talking about how Pat McAfee made it in the NFL and Corbin didn't like he's like, yeah when Pat McAfee actually made it in the NFL and he's like oh yeah good one Michael Cole yeah I actually had to leave Indianapolis because they don't know how to play football or something like that he was he was taking Dang, shots yeah I, yeah I wasn't he says I had to leave Indianapolis else. and go to Arizona where uh, and he said he was you know pulling guard and he runs people over kind of similar to what he did to Pat you know he was basically just cutting promos left and right and uh, trying to further the storyline and that's what this segment was furthering two storylines simultaneously at the same time because now we get more further with the Intercontinental uh, Championship picture with, you know, Gunther now obviously possibly having a new challenger in Shinsuke. And then Corbin and McAfee, even, you know, McAfee not even being there, Corbin being on commentary, they were able to simultaneously progress two separate storylines in one segment. And I just had to give credit there to the booking of SmackDown for getting that done. Well, yeah, I definitely didn't catch any of that, bro. I was like more, I don't, I don't even know if I was feeling that pain that Ludwig was freaking from the chops. Ooh, that last one looked like a karate chop straight to the throat. Like most of them looked like he was like, like backhanding. Yeah, the first time. Then that last one, he like palmed it, bro. That 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 yeah, that was pretty nasty. But that that was going through my head the whole time, like. How are you taking these, bro? Like, how are you not getting mad? Like, it looked like he honestly wanted to cry. Yeah. You know, I was like, bro. And then after that last one, brother, did you see his, like, chest starting to, like, kind of bruise already? I was like, bro, that was, like, t- five seconds ago. What the heck? But, I don't know. I'm happy for Shinsuke. You know, he definitely looks dominant. I guess you could say, like, people are saying vintage Shinsuke and stuff like that. He, I mean, to me, that looks pretty cool to me. You know, I've never seen it before. So, I mean, the way that he's kind of, like, sliding through the ring and stuff oh, like yeah. that now. 
Yeah, it's pretty uh, impressive. Um, Ludwig, he looks pretty impressive too. I think he could do freaking phenomenal as a singles person if he wanted to. So, I mean, I'd, I'd give this one about a good three and a half stars. Nice. Uh, so one quick thing I'll point out, you know, we can move on from this really quickly. I don't know if any of you, as far as the listeners, list or watch the show The Boys. I've been oh, trying to get John on this bandwagon for a while now. This is for you guys. If there are any, if there are any I'm of you, probably in the majority here. No, he's in the minority. minority. You guys will back me up. You guys know <laughs> the boys is a badass show. But anyways, uh, Gunther, he for some reason he reminds me of an adult version of Homelander's son. And I know you don't know who that is, but mm. this is for the listeners who do uh, watch the boys. Tell me if I'm crazy. You know, just looking at you know that little. You know what's face when he gets mad, Homelander's son that is, uh, and Gunther with this, you know, this frowning face that he has for some reason, just a little bit of a resemblance there. Like he could definitely play a childhood Gunther in a movie or something like that if they were to do that. But just wanted to point that out really quickly uh, and give a shout out to the boys, obviously. But moving on here, a pretty important part of the show, Liv Morgan celebrates with the WWE Universe. She comes out and basically just, I mean, it's Michael Cole in the ring. That's what it was advertised, though. Liv Morgan is going to celebrate, and that's essentially what it was supposed to be. But Natalia interrupts and points out that Liv Morgan would have never beaten a fresh Ronda Rousey. You can make a damn good argument there that she would not have been able to. And Natalia says that she's the one who wore down. And if it wasn't for her, then she just absolutely wouldn't be champion right now. And out comes Ronda Rousey, who... Oh man, some of the stuff she says on the microphone is cringeworthy, dude. It's like it's like watching Michael Scott in a public speaking setting, you know, when he's talking to a crowd. Mm-hmm. Just watching Ronda Rousey cut a promo on the microphone is just some some of the things she says. I mean, every now and then she'll you know she'll cut a good one that's likely scripted, but whenever she just you know tries to just go out go out there and you know cut one off the rip. She says things like "natty but a but a batty" or something like that. Whatever she said, that was weird. Did you hear that? I didn't. <laughs> you didn't hear that? Oh my gosh! If you, and I'm glad I did. Just know. go back and listen to like right whenever she like acknowledges Natty. It's she like, says something weird, and I was like, I mean, come on, man. I'm trying to sit here and enjoy the damn show, but you're gonna just say something like that and just completely take me out of the moment. But I know it really wasn't that big of a deal. But just whenever she does this on a weekly basis, it's like, man. Like, who is letting her go out there, just give her a microphone and say, talk, you know, write something down for her. Just help her out a little bit. But let's see here. I kind of just had to point that out real quickly. Let me find where I was here in the notes. Basically, Ronda Rousey says that at SummerSlam, Liv Morgan is going to realize that challenging for a championship is a hell of a lot easier than defending one, which is definitely true. And then Natty eventually cheap shots Ronda, which leads to a one-on-one match between those two. Didn't last very long. Ronda Rousey does force Natalia to submit with look like a leg bar or something like that. I'm not really sure what it was. Not really a MMA guy, so do not come at me if I got that move wrong. But either way, Natty taps out here. What would you think about it? Well, definitely wasn't a fan of this. I mean, we, we just seen this, you know. I mean, of course, Natty, she did her thing to where she put Ronda in this situation. You know? And now you're just going to tell me that you're just going to straight up lose to a like 50, 75% Ronda, you know, just straight like that, I guess. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of disappointment. I mean, couldn't really, like, think too much of it. And like I said, I didn't catch any of that just because whenever Ronda comes on, bro, it's kind of like my head just kind of, like, goes somewhere else, you know. Not too much, especially whenever she came out with this freaking 
I don't even know what you want to call this face painting. I'm not even going to call it eye makeup, bro. Whenever she comes out with that stuff, I just can't get with it. Can't take it serious. And I don't know, especially with that little limp. bro. I mean, kind of saw her coming out like that. But then she was still like doing some leg kicks and stuff like that. And I don't know. Just wasn't a fan of this one. Yeah, I don't blame you. I do feel like this might have been the... I don't know, man. I, I want to say this is going to be the last that we've seen of it, but it almost looks like they're going in the direction of a triple threat. It's already been announced. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey for a rematch at SummerSlam. But Natalia's just creeping around in this where it has all the making of a triple threat. Mm-hmm. You know, like it has it has that stench of it. Like, this doesn't smell like a one-on-one match that's going to happen. You know, it smells like Natalia's going to be involved one way or another, but... I'd be okay with that. Well, I'm glad. Something else that I know you're okay with, one of your favorite parts of the entire show. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Maximum Male Models. They present the 2022 Tennis Collection. And, John, I mean, the floor is yours, but I know you got about three pages of notes on this specific segment, so go ahead. This segment right here, I'm not even going to call it Maximum Male Models anymore. I call it Making Me Mad. Oh my <laughs> god. That's brilliant right there. That is Bro, good this stuff. is freaking I I I I don't get it. Like hopefully we can get some feedback from maybe some women on this because Yeah, exactly. Me, I definitely can't sit here and watch this. I don't even know. I'm I'm not even gonna I'm, I'm gonna call them their regular names. Mace and Mansoor. Yeah. Not even this other stuff, bro. I I, I can't get behind it. I'm Freaking disappointed that Max is doing this stuff. I'm not even going to say his last name. And I don't know, man. I just, this is not for me. But yeah, definitely if any women are listening to this, I want to know, is this something that is interesting to you? If you got us on Patreon or anything like that, send in a little voicemail to or, or even an email to the mailbag and let me know. This is freaking horrible. And I just want to know, women's perspective on this is this entertaining or is it not yeah it's a very good point um let's see here i I just can't do it bro i mean it's freaking like these dudes are just coming out here and expecting us to like applaud this like why you know see one thing that i kind (laughs) of like 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 what what what, what's what's the next step exactly that's where that's where i was gonna go is like See, the thing is, like the analogy that I was going to use in this situation is it's it's almost similar. Like, you know, the, the Eminem song, Stan, right? Like, come on, Stan. The oh, yeah, 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 Okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Yeah. The music video and basically just like how the song goes at mm-hmm. the end is like him basically, you know, driving off of a bridge, you know, like a into a river or whatever it is. That's almost like where I see this going. Like, where is it going? You know, it's almost like going to fly off a cliff. How do you how do you transition into the ring? Like, how are you going to make, like, turn this into a wrestling-centered gimmick? No, that's like, I, I really don't. Like, I, I truly don't know how they're going to, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, retribution. Like, and I know you don't freaking know about that. I, re- I mentioned that again <laughs> several weeks ago, but it was almost like, how, how do you transition that into, like, a straight-up one-on-one wrestling match? And that's just one thing I don't know. Like, is somebody going to crash their their next photo shoot, whatever you want to call it. It's almost like a little bit of like a glamour shot type thing when you got the, what is it, like a boa or something like that where the girls would always put that around there. You know how girls would take like those glamour shots? Mm-hmm. 
and they'd have like those feathered things that go right there. I don't know. I'm getting way off yeah, topic I here. It's, I think it's called like a boa or something like that. If you're, and I could be butchering that, which I have butchered several things. So if I have uh, gotten this one wrong as well, definitely get at me and let me know exactly what that's called. But something like that. And we're just, the whole reason we got down that wormhole was just talking about these guys and their photo shoot. And honestly, they don't even deserve this much damn time on our show. Oh, no. But the only thing I'm going to say is like, if there is something, the freaking, I don't even care what it was called or what it is but the website that max was freaking promoting you know to send your applications in i can see like i don't even want to say is our truth yeah. you know or some people like that that are all in this freaking uh like 24 7 you know type deal you know all those backstage characters and stuff like that i can see them like probably like Doing like getting all dressed up and stuff like this, and sending pictures to that uh, website, and then of course it being displayed like on the Tron or something like that. You know, that, that I hope no fans freaking send any pictures to this thing. Don't give it no justice. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Remember, making me mad. Yeah, making me mad. I'm glad you uh, <laughs> hit back on that. That was some good stuff, but. Anyways, we'll go ahead and move on here to something else that happened. Uh, it was supposed to be a tag match. Aaliyah and Lacey Evans versus Shotzi Blackheart and Shayna Baszler. That match doesn't happen. Aaliyah and Lacey come out first. Lacey's entrance is kind of weird. She comes out, she goes back, she comes out, and she cuts a promo on the crowd saying, you guys haven't been through half the stuff I've been through, and if you did, you wouldn't even be half the person I am or something like that. I don't know. It was literally channel-changing stuff. Um, was not interested in this. She ends up knocking out Aaliyah. And I was just like, cool, closer to the main event, which I thought was going to be Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. We'll get there here in just a second. But what do you think about this supposed-to-be tag match ended up being a Lacey Evans heel turn? Well, I, I thought this was pretty awesome. You know, oh, I, I, I haven't really known her from past and stuff like yeah, that. So, so this is like, a different side of her. Yeah, see, seeing this actually, like, happen in front of me, I guess you could say, was pretty awesome you know um i felt like i felt the emotion behind it you know i kind of felt like you know she wasn't getting that respect you know expect what she was expecting you know so she dissed us she dissed us she Texans. did i was about to say it, 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 it was pretty bad but i mean i'm not mad at it i mean she, she gave us three or i wouldn't even say us fort worth she gave y'all three chances to freaking yeah. represent for texas and y'all didn't do it but i mean i'm happy yeah, her, yeah. Her, her her being like mouthy on the mic is definitely better than her being sentimental on the mic. Yeah, find an identity. That's what mm -hmm. I want to see. That's kind of the thing that she lacked for like that five weeks that it was just like a video package. Is yeah, I mean we we kind of knew it's just sob story after sob story, but now it's like she's a full on like okay, she's Lacey Evans. This is the Lacey Evans I remember. Like I'm better than you. And if you got something to say about it, I'm going to knock you out. That's pretty much how it is now. And I'm looking forward to that going forward. Just mm -hmm. this, this segment itself might have just had a little bit of the stench from the previous segment, the Maximum Mel model. So it's just maybe them being back-to-back -back had a little bit of something to do with it. But up next, we get Usos versus Los Lotharios in what was a championship contenders match. So if the Los Lotharios win they would get an opportunity at the championships at some point or at least possibly earn that. But the Lethal Lovers 
they do have a little bit of offense in this match. They start to look like they might have, you know, the capabilities to make it interesting, but they do get a little bit cocky, a little disrespectful, and it seems like that's where the Usos flip the switch, and then they make light work of uh, Los Lotharios and end up getting the win with the 1D as an honorary Usos. What do you think about this one? Well, it was an easy dub, you know. I I couldn't really put, like, too much behind it. Whenever, like, I saw the Usos coming out, I didn't think, Los Lotharios were going to be the opponents, you know, so that was kind of a twist. But, I mean, I didn't expect nothing of it, you know. Didn't really have no, of course, different expectations on what was supposed to happen, but I'm actually let you follow up with this next part of the Caleb Braxton part. Um, Basically where she talks about the them getting a quote-unquote Mm-hmm. False win, you know, because mm-hmm. Montez Ford's shoulder being up. They blame it on the referee, you know. They basically say that it's the referee's fault. That's not our fault. Our job is to win the match. If he's not going to see his shoulder be down, you know, it is what it is. We're going to take the win. I'll do the exact same thing, you know. It's not your job to make sure that his shoulder's down. It's not like they're a baby face tag team, you know. They're heels. They're going to take whatever win they can get, especially a championship match on a pay-per-view. Yeah, you're going to do what you can. I, will. I mean, Maybe I'm just a heel. Maybe I'm just a heel at heart, and that's just – instinctively what I would do as well. But, I mean, I just don't see anything wrong with the Usos getting the win there. Uh, do a better job kicking out Montez Ford. Honestly, if that's the case, you know, if, you're, if your shoulder's already up, lean over a little bit and get the, you know, get the rest of your body up. But mm-hmm. that's pretty much all I got on that one. Yeah, I mean, it was a pure form of winning. Yeah. yeah one, two, three. Yeah, it wasn't Can't cheap. really say, like, like well, Jimmy said, can't really say it was on them. Yeah. It was on the ref. So we will see a rematch probably at SummerSlam. You can go and just expect that. Next time we see the um, Street Profits on the microphone, they'll definitely respond to the Usos. But moving on here to the main event, advertised as Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, which was essentially a number one contenders match for the opportunity to fight Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. Uh Sheamus pretends to be sick. He actually mentions COVID, if I'm not mistaken. He says, I need to be tested before I compete in this match. Is that, did, did he say COVID? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Okay, I was just making sure because I don't think anybody else has mentioned it straight up just like that on WWE TV since it's happened. Good way to use it. But um, he gets out of this match, and Butch takes his place. Ends up being a squash match after that, though. I mean, he Drew McIntyre just claymores him next Tuesday. Rich Holland tries to attack Drew after the match, but he gets dropped as well. And then we get an old-fashioned top rope slice with Angela. Not Angela from The Office. Angela, (laughs) the sword that uh, almost called him Dwight McIntyre. Drew McIntyre carries out to the ring. But I will say, in terms of slicing ropes, you could slice all the white ropes. Go ahead and go to the back and wherever they store the ropes. Slice every single white rope that there is and say... Well, sorry, it looks like we got to bring out the blue ropes next week. We don't have any more white ones. And, uh, you know, just go from there. Hey, and even Raw, you know, Raw have to use the red ropes. And, you know, we're doing them a favor. Yeah. You know, so just if I were Drew, you know, I'd continue slicing. Don't just stop at the top rope. Keep on going there. But Drew McIntyre, I guess. So did Butch get to take his place in terms of Sheamus? Like if, if Butch were to win, would Butch have gotten the opportunity? Oh, no. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm just yeah. making sure because I didn't – I mean, there was a lot going on at that moment. So I wanted to make sure that Butch didn't just have a chance to, you know, get a number one contender's opportunity. Yeah, man, this one right here was kind of – man, I don't know. Seamus, he did his thing with using the COVID thing. That's all I got to say. But 
I wasn't a fan of this, bro. I, I didn't want to see this little feisty little dog that he called him, you know, get into the match with Drew, bro, because you basically know exactly what's going to happen. And I didn't think that was a good way to, like, end it, I guess you could say, you know. But I can say that Butch freaking took that Claymore pretty nasty, bro. He freaking did, like, the little flip in the air and everything, bro, and, I don't know. That that was like the highlight of the match for me, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, Drew McIntyre's in excellent shape. That's just one thing I noticed. I was like, man, this dude just, he looks like a freaking, he looks like a someone who's cut from the same cloth as like Bobby Lashley. And I know he's not mm. as big as Bobby Lashley. I'm not saying he's as muscular. Bobby Lashley is in a, in a league of his own. But Drew McIntyre, just from like an impressive specimen standpoint, he's mm. in that same, you know, I guess, tier in terms of just WWE wrestlers, but that does do it for us here on the SmackDown review. Another good episode in the books, in my opinion, number 90 since I've been doing this. So another milestone creeping up on a hundred. We got to do something special for that 100th episode. We'll see exactly when it's going to be. Obviously 10 weeks from now, that's football season right there. Yep. But uh, anyways, John, anything you want to say, any shout outs, any plugs, anything like that before we officially close the SmackDown review. Well, I definitely want to give a shout-out to the followers, man. Thank y'all for, like, making this a every-week thing, you know, and definitely want to get some interaction this week and see what y'all got to say about some of these things that we asked. And definitely want to give a shout-out to Mike, man. Appreciate you for having me on another week and everything. And, you know, Football Function, uh, check it out. He just went through, what, the one through 32 QBs. Yeah, my co-host ranked his quarterbacks. Appreciate the Mm -hmm. plug there. He ranked his starting quarterbacks in the NFL, one through 32. So that's, you know, a nice little juicy episode. Definitely some head scratchers, some pretty, I guess, interesting placements. So if you're a football Mm -hmm. fan and you're just into that type of thing, go check us out over at Football Function. I do think that you will uh, enjoy it. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just want to wrap up the show uh, like that and everything. And, yeah, just want to say that I enjoy it, man. I'm definitely having fun in this chair. Oh, yeah. I can tell you right now the listeners enjoy you being here. I definitely enjoy you being here, and the episodes in general are just a lot better whenever you're giving your opinions as well. So, yeah, shout-out to Matt. Shout-out to all the other co-hosts here on the WWE Podcast and their shows. We appreciate them and their feedback. And, obviously, John already mentioned it. Shout-out to you, the listeners. Uh, If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for stumbling on this episode and choosing it. You have many options to listen to, you know, whether it's music, other podcasts, whatever it is that you're doing. We appreciate you taking us with you and letting us be part of your day. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for making this part of your weekly routine, and hopefully you will continue to do that, obviously. As we continue to roll through the year, we talk about it all the time. WWE has no off-season. So there's going to be a SmackDown every single week, and we will be here to break it down for you. So with all that being said, guys, have a damn good weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.